0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
1: Thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. Start your day tomorrow with Up First, the morning news podcast from NPR. Apple podcast reviewer Eve Bethel calls it concise and comprehensive. I listen to Up First every morning on my walk to work. It gives me a great summary of the top news stories during the day and the upcoming week. Wake up with Up First tomorrow morning on the NPR One app and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Puzzleger Archung. Yeah? This week's episode is a compilation of some of our favorite games. See if you can guess the theme based on this lightning round. Okay, it's the title of Madonna's 1992 coffee table book of erotic photos. Sex. Exactly. In Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Charlie Sheen's character says he's been arrested for what?
2: Uh, drugs.
1: Yes, indeed. And the last one, what's the only kind of music you want your daughters to listen to?
2: Steely Dan, of course. Okay, I was looking for rock and roll. What's the difference? Take it away, Jonathan.
0: From NPR and WNYC, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Hey, thanks, Jonathan. So this week... We're going rogue. That's right. We're breaking loose and dedicating an entire episode to debauchery. It's Ask Me Another's sex, drugs, and rock and roll compilation episode.
0: But don't worry, dads and moms. This is public radio, after all, so we're still keeping it totally PG.
1: Absolutely. Totally PG. Speaking of which, Jonathan, uh, what's the craziest thing you've ever done on a date?
0: A date? Yeah. Oh, that's funny to me. You know, I've been married for 16 years, so the idea of a date, I don't even remember what that is. When we get together, it's (laughs) mostly to sync up calendars.
1: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. My husband and I don't have dates. We have meetings. Sure. Uh, We divide up chores and make lists together while drinking Merlot. Yeah,
0: that's pretty crazy. This is what I hear about the young people who are not married. Sometimes they get together, and they watch Netflix together. Isn't that nice? Oh, that's adorable. That's very sweet. In our first game, we're joined by puzzle guru Art Chung as we ask our contestants Hannah Herman and Timothy Yuan to play a game called Netflix and Not Chill.
1: (laughs) Hannah Herman, you started a new job today. Congratulations. Thank you. What are you looking forward to the most?
3: Proving that liberal arts degree students can actually be gainfully employed. Oh, nice. (laughs) a pioneer. I know. Uh, and what is the job? Uh, so I'm working as a marketing consultant.
1: Yes, that sounds like something you can apply a liberal arts degree to.
3: As far as I can tell, it involves writing some things.
1: <laughs> you don't even know what the job is, do you?
3: I don't know what my degree is. You don't know what you,
1: yeah. <laughs> but somehow we've ended up here together, haven't we? Yes. And Timothy Yuan, you've been seeing a lot of mediocre theater. Yeah, I have. But you like it.
4: Yeah, I mean, I used to do some acting and directing in college, and it's kind of, like, fun to watch bad theater and, like, think about, oh, this is how it could be not that awful.
1: (laughs) How much bad theater do you see on a monthly basis?
4: I don't know. I probably see, like, a show a week, and, like, I dislike at least half of them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's very fun. That was very fun. Hannah, what is, in your mind, your favorite third date activity?
3: I'm trying. I haven't had many third dates. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm trying to think about what my boyfriend and I did for our third date. I think my boyfriend and I went to like an
1: after hours thing at a museum. It was great. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Timothy, what is your ideal third date activity?
4: cooking a meal together with someone, you're like, um, I think that would be a really good third date activity.
1: Because you'll find out if you can work together.
4: Oh, yeah, and um, if the other person can cook at all, I guess.
1: (laughs) Good for you, Timothy. So our first game is a play on the euphemism Netflix and chill, (laughs) which if you don't know is a romantic invitation to do anything but Netflix and chill. (laughs) Let's go to Jonathan Colton for an example.
0: Yes, so if I said... Hey, baby, want to watch a movie and have a barbecue? You'd answer Netflix and grill.
1: So every answer ends with a word that rhymes with chill. And no, we're not being paid by Netflix to do this game. Uh, But if they want to pay us, Jonathan and I will stop sharing an account.
0: Yeah. (laughs) be a lot more convenient, actually.
1: (laughs) I know your choices are weird.
0: Yeah, so are yours.
1: Buzz in the notebook. Buzz in to answer. It's a good movie. And the winner will move on to our final round at the end of the show. Here we go. Hey, baby, want to watch a movie and then draft a piece of legislation that might become a law someday? (laughs) Hannah. What is Netflix and Bill? Almost. You don't have to say the what is part. Netflix and Bill. Yeah, there you go. I knew that.
0: Hey, baby, want to write a declaration of my wishes regarding the disposition of my property after I die? (laughs) Hannah.
3: Netflix and Will.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: (laughs) That's a hell of a date.
0: Well, you learn a lot about a person when you do that.
1: (laughs) And at the end, one of you
2: dies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, baby, want to eat thousands of tiny crustaceans? (laughs) Hannah. Netflix and Krill. Yes, Netflix and Krill. (laughs) That's how you know you're dating a whale.
0: It's one way. Hey, baby, want to watch a movie in the host country for the 2016 Summer Olympics? Timothy. Netflix and Brazil? Yeah. Sounds like a lovely first date. Go to Brazil and watch a movie?
1: (laughs) Oh, I thought it was watching soccer hairless. (laughs) (laughs) Two things I could think of. Hey, baby, want to bore into the Earth's crust? Hannah Netflix and drill exactly you know what they say Jonathan what do they say no fracking on the first date
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh boy hey baby want to watch a movie and score zero points (laughs) Hannah
3: Netflix and nil
0: yeah that's right (laughs) <laughs> this is your last clue. Hey, baby. Want to install the bottom part of a window? <phone rings> Hannah.
3: Netflix and sill.
0: That's right.
1: Today we're revisiting some of our favorite games about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And what's more rock and roll... Than censorship.
0: Yes, censorship of everything. Sometimes it's the lyrics, sometimes it's the way you move your body. When Elvis appeared on the Ed Sullivan show in the fifties, they only filmed him waist up because they thought his dancing was too indecent. Those and were the days. It was too indecent.
1: Yeah. Well, we're lucky that we have a radio show because our listeners can't tell that we're not wearing pants. Yeah. Just our underwear, flip flops, and socks.
0: That's right. It helps us to feel funny. Although it is very drafty in yeah. this cold studio.
1: It's true. And take it from me, kids. You can get away with so much more on radio.
0: Oh, yeah. Our next game, however, is about a much less forgiving medium, television.
1: Our first game is called Forget This Mother-Father Game. And here to play it are A.J. Ventura and Pete Lambro. Now, I don't think we've actually had this before. A.J., Pete, you guys are co-workers. Yes, yes we are. we have decided to compete against each other.
5: It's a... It's a friendly competition.
1: It's friendly. No, well, that's that's what you say, Pete. AJ.
5: I prefer to
2: win.
1: It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you both work at In Demand Network. Yes. yes and right. what do you do, AJ?
5: I am a video editor for and I make like a bunch of spots and all that kind of stuff.
1: Nice, Pete.
5: I am in
3: IT. I fix the things he breaks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. So this game is called Forget This Mother Father Game because. When movies are aired on network television or on airplanes, salty language is often dubbed over to make them appropriate, and the results can be a bit confusing, so we're going to give you the actual edited-for-television line, and you have to tell us the movie it is from.
5: Yes. Let's
1: go to our house musician, Jonathan Colton, master of music and language. For an example. Ah.
0: Yes, of course. Thank you. Very kind (laughs) thing for you to say. So if I said, in this 1996 Coen Brothers film, Steve Buscemi yells, I gave simple, fruitful instructions. (laughs) That would be from the movie Fargo.
1: So we want the movie, not the original (laughs) line. And of course, the winner will move on to our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. In this 1986 movie about a kid skipping school, you'll hear... Pardon my French, but you're an aardvark. AJ.
5: Ferris Bueller's Day Off?
1: That's right, yeah. The dubbers thought, you know, of all the jerks in the animal world. <laughs> Aardvarks are just notorious. They're just the worst. Yeah. As Michelle the band geek in this raunchy 1999 comedy, Alison Hannigan shares this one time at band camp... I stuck a flute in my mouth. (laughs) AJ.
5: American pie?
1: Yes, exactly. Well done. (laughs) That sounds like what actually happens at band camp, by the way. As Axel Foley in this 1984 film, Eddie Murphy says, This is Bozo, man. And he's not talking about Bozo the Clown. AJ, Pete, I'm sorry, you keep looking at AJ like, what the heck is going on he's here? Trying to put the pressure
5: he's he's uh, got the buzzer technology down. I haven't cracked it yet. Beverly Hills Cop?
1: It is Beverly Hills Cop. All right. <laughs> Here's your next question. In this 1994 comedy about two idiots who stumbled on a kidnapping, Jim Carrey tells Jeff Daniels where he can sign to end their friendship. Write on my sandwich after you kiss it. Heat.
3: Is it uh, Dumb and Dumber?
1: It is Dumb and Dumber, correct.
3: I got it, I got you, so you push down. You push down, down yeah.
1: You gotta push down?
3: And the button,
0: you push the button. Yeah, what it.
1: were you doing before?
0: <laughs> Couldn't even tell you. <laughs> you work in IT, is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> I am new, yeah. In this 1987
1: film, Mel Gibson tells a drug dealer... Now that's a real badge, I'm a real cop, and this is a real firing gun. (laughs) Pete.
3: It's a lethal weapon?
1: Yes, it is. Well done, yes. (laughs) (laughs) As opposed to those guns with the little flags that come out. Bang! Yeah. In this 1989 Kevin Costner baseball movie, it features the line... Ty Cobb wanted to play, but none of us could stand that son of a squid. Pete. Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. All right, this is your last clue. In this 2006 film, Samuel L. Jackson proclaims, I have had it with this monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. AJ.
5: Snakes on a plane?
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. Coming up, we'll ravage the savage. And I mean interview sex columnist and host of Savage Lovecast, Dan Savage. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
0: Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands. But because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit s double slash npr and save an additional $200. I'm
4: Jesse Thorne. Why did Cola Scola write a bonkers, extremely fictionalized play about Mary Todd Lincoln?
1: Well, you know, it was 2020 and we were all so isolated. I, I just started doing research. Uh, but the truth is, I, no, I just thought of it.
4: We'll talk about that and more on Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR. On the TED Radio Hour, researcher Sasha Lucioni says AI can help us
3: find climate solutions, but just training the technology itself uses a ton of energy. Training ChatGPT, for instance, emits as much carbon as five cars in their lifetime. Tech's climate
4: conundrum—that's on the TED Radio Hour from NPR.
0: You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Jonathan Colton, and here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. This week's episode is an ode to sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I feel like some of our most memorable moments have actually been on the road. Yeah. I mean, when we're on the road, it is like we're a rock band on tour, right? It it is
0: just like being a rock band on tour. Mm -hmm. That's right. If we were a rock band, what would our band name be?
1: Oh, good question. How about uh, Prince?
0: That's a good good name. Or Queen. Both great names. Madonna. These are all some legal trouble, I think, with these, but they're all great names. But you're right. There is a wholly different energy level when we're traveling around the country and performing in different venues.
1: I remember when we interviewed sex columnist Dan Savage. We were at San Francisco's historic Castro Theater, and you could almost feel... The love. It was like it was radiating from the audience.
0: Yeah. We talked with him about what it's like being a sex columnist, and then we played a game with him about our audience's sexual preferences and idiosyncrasies.
1: So I'm a straight, married, monogamous woman living in a major city. I don't give
6: advice for free. <laughs>
1: no, don't worry.
6: I am a professional <laughs> I'm advice I'm totally columnist. kidding. <laughs> I'm totally
1: kidding. I love when I listen to your show that when people call up and they're like, I'm a heterosexual, straight, monogamous, blah, 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 they almost apologize for being someone, vanilla? Yeah, the tables have
6: turned. The tables
1: have turned. It's the
6: vanilla missionary position marital heterosexual norms who feel just like freaks, and they are. Because (laughs) when you ask people what normal sex is, they say missionary position opposite sex within the bounds of matrimony open to contraception. And that actually, statistically, is freakishly rare. (laughs) That is not normative sex. Normal is what happens near this theater on any given Saturday night.
1: You've been doing this for over 20 years. I remember reading—I mean, I remember reading it. uh, It was, you know, in my little Canadian newspapers, the Georgia Strait or the Vox or where I was living in Canada. And you know, it was exciting. It was very edgy. But over 20 years, God, the questions—are they the same? Are they different?
6: They're really. I've been writing Savage Love for almost 25 years. I'm giving sex advice to the children of people who were childless when they were reading my column, which is (laughs) scary
1: have you had to become more political? Like, did you You didn't start off being political. Oh, uh,
6: the col- Actually, the column was always political. It was always political. And I would always get pushback on that because I would start writing about politics. I'd write about choice. I'd write about uh, access to contraception. I'd write about HIV-AIDS. I'd write about queer youth years ago. And, you know, I'd take on politicians. And I would always get these angry letters from conservatives who like my column when I'm not pummeling them. <laughs> and they would say, stick to sex, I don't come to your column for politics. And my response was always, when American politicians leave sex alone, I will leave American politicians alone. But they don't, and they can't.
1: background do you have to have what kind of schooling do you have to uh, become a sex and relationship the only
6: qualification you need to give someone your advice is that idiot was fool enough to ask you for it um (laughs) when you look at like ann landers i have no qualifications i'm just a kicky midwestern gal with a lot of opinions um you look up advice in the dictionary it says opinion about what could or should be done and the only qualification you need to share your opinion is somebody asked you for it yep that's my qualification and if people, you know, after all these years, if people thought my advice was crappy, they wouldn't ask me for my advice. Oh, They'd go, oh, we're going to ask Prudy.
1: So in the, in the very beginning, when you were uh, in Madison, Wisconsin, yeah. and you were working at a video store? I was. <laughs> Which is amazing already. <laughs> so, paint such a picture. Uh, and a friend was putting, uh, you pitched the, the column to a friend. Accidentally.
6: Uh, Tim Kack was one of the co-founders of The Onion. He is one of the two guys who invented writing complete bullshit in the AP style. That was Tim. <laughs> And he and his friend Chris sold The Onion, and Tim moved to Se—well, was moving to Seattle to start The Stranger. And I met him, and he was telling me about it. And I said, oh, you should have an advice column, because everybody reads those. You see that Q&A format, you got to read it. And he said, excellent advice. Write the advice column. <laughs> and I wasn't angling for the gig, which is obvious if you read the first year's worth of columns. I didn't know what I was doing.
1: I don't know if you still find yourself needing love-sex-relationship advice.
6: I do. You do? Who do you go to? My mother, who is dead, and she does not visit me (laughs) or try to kiss me. I wish she did.
1: But your mom was was a good advice. She was a good advice giver. that's where you get it from, perhaps.
6: My mother was the sort of Dr. Phil for her neighborhood. She was the woman that all these ladies in the neighborhood came to uh, in the 60s and 70s for these coffee clutches, and she would give them advice. And I was the little gay boy who stayed at home and baked cakes, with my mother. So I would be there and I would hear it all. And then my mother would say, and of course, now you get paid to do what I as a woman did for free. And isn't that the way the world works? (laughs) And then I would say, Ann Landers made a lot more money than I did doing this. So stuff it, mom. And then we would (laughs) laugh and she'd tell me to be monogamous. And I'd say, ha ha, (laughs) no. But I would sometimes, I would would tell, I would talk to her and she would give me advice. And she was a great advice giver. She was very insightful and empathetic. Um, And very supportive of the choices you would make, even if she disagreed with them, which was an important skill that I do not share with my mother. (laughs)
1: That is not true. You always, when you give so. advice, you're super open. You're always saying, like, and if you're into that, that's fine. And if you're into that, that's fine. You just got to As long as you're sure. not
6: harming anyone. I, you know, sometimes people say to me, you're the anything goes guys. You're the libertine. And I'm not. If you read my column, I'm often telling people, that's the price of admission you have to pay. Or you're not going to be able to do that. And you, that's not okay. Like, I have to come down from the, you know, I have to give these rulings. Like, you did wrong.
1: Right. So you're like, just, you have to accept the, your decisions.
6: Yes. You know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you in a sex
1: contest. (laughs) Exactly.
6: The golden rule applies when your pants are off as well.
1: (laughs) Okay, Dan, we have concocted the perfect game for you. Are you ready for your uh, Ask Me Another Challenge?
6: Yes, I am. Uh,
1: All right, your game is called What Are We, Savages? Mm. So we asked our audience questions. Our audience is filled with uh, nerdy but sexually active millennials. We ask them about their sexual experiences, their habits, their thoughts, and you just have to guess how they responded. Okay. Okay. So put yourself in the mind of someone who likes puns. Those millennials and their puns. Yeah, they love them.
6: It's crazy.
1: House musician Jonathan Colton is going to help us with this quiz, and if you get enough questions right, Nina Starner in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is going to win and Ask Me Another Prize.
6: Okay, good. I'll, I'll do it again. I'm bad at puns.
1: <laughs> no, there's no puns in this. We're going to start with some easy ones. We asked our audience, would you rather be in a relationship with someone who is ugly but nice or hot but mean?
6: Well, if they live around this theater, hot but mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's the sort of question I think people would dishonestly answer because they want to make themselves appear smarter, saner, uh, more thoughtful. And they would, they would pick the, the former. They would pick nice but not hot because they don't want to admit that they would take hot and mean in a hot second.
1: 69% were fooling themselves with just how you said. <laughs> Forget about hot and mean. Hot and dumb, that is the best. That's awesome,
0: yeah. <laughs> Are you segueing to me? Oh yeah, that's you. We gave our audience this hypothetical. My spouse and I have not had sex for four years. I still love her, but I've just lost interest. She's been saying she'd like to explore an open marriage. What advice did our audience give? A, as long as she's careful and respectful, it's okay. It'll make her happy. B, sorry, no, open marriages never work in the long run. Or C, just have sex with her already. Would it kill you? I think they probably went for C. They did, 64%. That's right. What did they really think, Dan?
6: I think they probably really thought C, but they're wrong. What's the right answer? So I think they sh- people should think about B and be open to B, but of course an uh, NPR audience is going to go for C every time.
1: <laughs> All right, here's another light one. What percentage of our audience said that they've slept with someone whose first or last name they did not know? <laughs> 25%, 50%, or 75%?
6: The actual number is 75%, but the answer was
1: 25%. I, they, we have 50. Um, An average of the
2: actual the answer.
6: and True story? Yeah. The night I met Terry, one night stand, picked him up, went home. He was in the shower. I had to go get his ID out of his wallet to remember his name. <laughs> what would you like for breakfast, Terry? Uh,
1: <laughs> Final question. We asked our audience, in a relationship, is it better to love your partner more or to be loved by your partner more?
6: Yes. (laughs) Which one? Oh, I thought I could just choose both.
1: Well, that is kind of accurate, right? Because it always changes a little bit. There's a dynamic. Yeah, it sloshes
6: around and back and forth.
1: Uh, But our audience decided which one they would just prefer.
6: Well, if you're the loved more, that's more of the power position and people don't want to feel vulnerable. So I believe people would choose to be the loved more partner.
1: The puzzle players did choose that. Thank God. They gosh. said they want to be loved more, 53%. Yep. Well, it's almost, that's almost a tie. That's, that's Yeah, right. Good. It's almost 50-50. Uh, so you know what? I feel like you did well enough for Nita to get that prize. Okay. Shoot. You inadvertently answered a lot of my questions, by the way. <laughs> Thank you so much. Dan Savage, Thank everybody. You.
0: If you're just tuning in, this week's show is dedicated to sex, drugs, and rock and roll.
1: And for our next game, it's an Ask Me Another classic. It's this, that, or the other. The categories Harry Potter spells, Ikea furniture, and prescription drugs. All right, so I get prescription drugs, but thematically, what do Harry Potter
0: and Ikea have to do with sex and rock and roll?
1: Come on, Ikea is the sexiest thing of all time. For example, it is said that one in ten Europeans was conceived on an Ikea bed, all in the showrooms.
0: And in terms of Harry Potter, I guess, really, there's nothing more rock and roll than having a lightning-shaped scar on your forehead.
1: Yeah, it's like a cool tattoo. Also, chasing the villain that destroyed your family for seven books.
0: Yeah, that's very metal. And, you know, come to think of it, Voldemort probably could have benefited from some prescription drugs. Some
1: kind of drug. Yeah. I mean, he had a lot of problems. Yeah. Allergies? Was that allergies? allergies. Was his
0: Allergies. A lot of social anxiety.
1: Yeah, was he allergic to love?
0: Yeah, probably. So I guess this next, this, that, or the other is pretty much on theme.
1: Puzzle guru John Chinesky leads this game. Take a listen. Jesse Pearlstein. Welcome, Jesse. Hi. Jesse, you're an artist, teacher, and musician. Mm-hmm. Braggy. A little braggy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. My producers told me that you were recently in China. Yeah, I was living there.
4: You were like, living there? Yeah, for like how eight long? months. Eight months? Yeah.
1: And you DJed out there?
4: Yeah, I DJ'd a little bit, taught, voice recorded. Got kicked out for a while and then had to come back in through Hong Kong.
1: Oh, braggy yeah. once again.
4: No, I... <laughs> I not. Yeah, okay, maybe. The
1: audience wants to know what you got kicked out for.
4: Oh, I just lost my job and lost my visa and had to flee.
1: Oh, you know, the usual. Yeah, that just happened. <laughs> exactly, boring. Well, welcome. Welcome Ma- to Ask you. Me Another. And I'm going to say your name the best I can. Alessandro. Yes, close enough. Acevaria. No? Say it for me. <laughs> Alessandro Ecevarria. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Alessandro Acevarria. I fall in love with that every time I butcher it. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's quite fine. But you're from Italy. Yes. That's why you have that name.
5: Uh, (laughs) Half. Half of the name. Half of the name. Half of the name.
1: And you're a movie nut. You're into... You watch movies all the time?
5: Uh, Yeah, I have a lot of free time because I'm a freelancer.
1: You have a lot of free time. (laughs) I think that's called not working. Yes. (laughs) Well, you guys are going to have a lot of fun with... This is one of our classic games that we love playing. It's called This, That, or The Other. Okay, sounds very easy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not. (laughs) All right. You tricked me. John, why don't you tell us what the categories are? Today's
4: categories are prescription drugs, Harry Potter spells, (laughs) and Ikea products. (laughs) Lots of words that sound like English in a blender, okay? For example, if you're a uh, Zetia, is that a prescription drug, Harry Potter spell, or IKEA product?
1: I would say Zetia is a Harry Potter spell.
4: No, it is a popular cholesterol medicine, Zetia. Oh. Right. Okay, players, uh, we're going to go back and forth between the two of you, so there's no ringing in. Whoever gets more correct moves on to our Ask Me One More final round. Ready? Yes. Okay, yeah. Alessandro first. Cymbalta. That is a prescription drug. That is a drug. Very good. <laughs> nice. Jesse? Billy. Drug. No, it's not a drug. What kind
1: of drug? Should, is be. It it really should be. be. It really should be. It
4: should <laughs> be. Well, oh, Sandra, you can take it. You can tell us. It is no an points IKEA bookcase. It. it is an IKEA bookcase. Yes, yeah. it is. Any, how many of you have a Billy in your house? Yeah.
1: It is Damn. the only. Constant in my life, that Billy bookcase. People come and go, but Billy's there to stay. Billy stays.
4: <laughs> Alessandro. Yes. Expelliarmus. It is a Harry Potter spell. Yes, it's a Harry Potter spell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he said that super fast.
4: Jesse. Risperdal. Uh, drug. That's a drug, yes. <laughs> it's, it's an antipsychotic. Very good.
1: Risperdal is an anti. It stops you from... Whispering to dolls
4: Whispering to dolls, yes (laughs) I need that Alessandro Lumos That is an Ikea product? No, that uh, creates a beam of light from a wand's tip That's a Harry Potter (laughs) spell Yeah Jesse Nox Drug? No, that (laughs) counteracts the Lumos spell by creating (laughs) darkness It turns off lights, sorry
1: I guess Shame. they couldn't you just use off? I, yeah, I use the
4: clapper and the all, cl- and that pretty much works for me. Alessandro, ectorp. That sounds like a drug. No, it's a line of sofas and love seats from my idea.
1: <laughs> But you make a good point. I mean, it sounds like real, how drug. comfy does an ectorp sound? That sounds like it's crisscrossing lasers or something.
4: Jesse, Efexor. Drug. That's a drug. Tried it. <laughs> Alessandro, confringo. Confringo. I'm going to go for Harry Potter spell. Yes, it's a Harry Potter spell. It causes objects to explode into flame. Mm -hmm. Tried it. Don't want that to be a drug. Okay. (laughs) Jesse, Ivar. Um, Ikea. It is a modular shelving system. Yes, very good. (laughs) Alessandro, Signum. Ikea. A line of desk organizers, very good, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very yeah. gratifying to get it right, isn't it? You're very like, right. yeah, I got it, Ikea.
4: Protego. Protego. Oh, that's Harry Potter.
1: Yep, okay. yep,
4: <laughs> I knew was
1: Can I ask you, how, why are you so sure about that one?
4: Because, like, Hermione always shouts it. All the time,
1: <laughs> <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what does it do? It's like a protective barrier thing, I think. I love Jesse.
4: It causes hexes and curses. <clears throat> it causes hexes and curses to rebound back at the. Uh, that's attack. what I meant. Yeah, yeah that's what you're I, right. I meant. Alessandro. Norden.
5: Norden. I was at Akira recently, and yes. I remember seeing it. <laughs> oh.
4: Yes, very good, Norden. Line <laughs> of dining tables, chairs. Norden. Jesse. Langlock. <laughs> Harry Potter. Yes, it yes. causes the victim's tongue to cleave to the roof of their mouth. We have to go to a tiebreaker. Get, oh, yeah. get your hands, get your hands near your bells, Very gentlemen. Exciting. Nasum, <laughs> Alessandro. I just rang. I have no
5: idea. Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> it. I'm going to go with
4: Harry Potter. It's not Harry no. Potter.
2: Drug. It has to be. We totally didn't have is. a strategy
4: for this. No, it's a uh, oh. woven
1: storage basket
4: from uh, IKEA.
1: Uh, wow. We still have a tiebreaker. Do you want to or? fights? Yeah, I think uh, yes. so I you're going to write a question right it. now.
7: <laughs> Get your
4: hands ready. Inbrel. Drug. Jesse. Drug is correct. Yeah. Jesse.
1: Coming up, Jonathan Colton and our audience join forces to recreate one of the all-time greatest stadium songs. I'm talking about the Queen classic, We Will Rock You. Then we'll have our most provocative final round ever. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
5: With NPR Plus, there's more to hear, like extended interviews with some of the experts we talk to at Planet Money and The Indicator.
2: It's a mistake for economists to only think about economic efficiency when considering policies because you'll actually wind up with a worse outcome.
5: And with NPR Plus, you help keep NPR going. Learn more at plus.npr.org.
3: Hey, I hear you have a birthday coming up. Yeah, you. If you're listening to this, that means you have a birthday coming up eventually. And here at Life Kit, we want it to be a special one.
1: Magic can happen and good luck can happen and serendipity can happen if we're open to it. How to have a good birthday
3: even if you're not a birthday person. That's on the Life Kit podcast from NPR.
0: You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Jonathan Colton,
1: and I'm here in the studio with your host, Ophira Eisenberg. And this week, we're dusting off our Zippo lighters to revisit some of our favorite sex drugs and rock and roll-themed games. And this
0: next game really rocks for two reasons. One, it is a parody of Queen's We Will Rock You. And two, well, it is actually about uh, famous rocks. So there you go. (laughs) Puzzle guru John Chinesky and our audience helped us recreate some of the songs, shall I say... Boulder moments, oh. and that's spelled B-O-U-L-D-E-R. Oh. Yes.
1: Here are our next two contestants. We have Eric Lynn and Chuck Petrusion. <laughs> <laughs> we are very happy to have you. Let me ask you this. Eric, how do you feel about the band Queen? They're the king. Good answer. Nice. I like the way you think. Chuck, how do you feel about the song We Will Rock You?
4: Wow, what a great song they had there, uh, Queen. Yeah? They rock you, yes. They rocked me.
1: Did they rock you? They well, you're, did. well, you're about to be rocked. And we hope the listeners at home especially love it, because after this next game, you won't be able to get it out of your head for at least a week. Apologies in advance. Jonathan, are you ready?
0: I believe I am. For this number, I'm going to need some assistance from the studio audience. So if you could provide the foot stomping and clapping. <laughs> not, just hold on. <laughs> Maybe we should get somebody else. I know.
1: Not just random foot stomping and Very clap. exciting. Not just,
0: not just shuffling noisy stomping and clapping. We're looking for a very specific stomp, stomp, clap uh, that is in the song. Um, uh, if you are listening at home and you're in your kitchen, feel free to stomp along. If you are listening in the car, I would not recommend stomping your feet. Uh, the way this is going to work is I'm going to sing We Will Rock You with some reworked lyrics, and embedded in those lyrics are clues about a famous rock. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: there are only a few of them in the world, but they're famous rocks.
1: There's, there's seven, as it turns out. Yes, that's there right. There are seven.
0: Uh, so ring in after the last line and tell us which rock we are talking about. Are you ready? Yes.
1: Eric and Chuck look so serious right now. Yeah, it's a serious business. I this understand. Is I this, <laughs> this is Queen.
0: Okay, you ready, audience?
7: Buddy, you're a block in a castle Sitting on a wall in the south end of Ireland You get kissed on your face Your big disgrace Spreading that gab
0: all over the place uh, Blarney That is correct Well,
2: yep. Oh, stone there Blarney stone, yes
0: <laughs> I, I knew you were, you were talking about a kind of rock Because <laughs> otherwise
1: Blarney rock
0: Oh, Ooh. boy <laughs>
7: Buddy, you're a rock in the northeast By the rough seaside Named for an English town Got a year on your face Your big disgrace Pilgrim settled right next to your base Chuck Plymouth Rock
1: You got it
0: (laughs) I just want to point out that all of the rocks In this game are a big disgrace They are
1: really (laughs) They're disgusting
0: They're disgusting rocks
7: Shame on them Buddy, you're an old stone, black stone Found you in Egypt and you shook up the world that day Hieroglyphs on your face, you big disgrace Used by linguists all
4: over the place The Rosetta Stone <laughs> Eric. We, both, we
0: both had it yeah, on the tip of our I zone. could see you guys struggling, you yeah. were both thrashing around like you knew it
1: Eric, I thought you were going to punch him or something.
7: Buddy, you're a big group of boulders Standing in the roundabout 50 centuries old The sun pokes through your space, you big disgrace
0: Druids run around you looking for mates. Not an actual rhyme at the end there. (laughs) I'm
2: blanking.
1: Eric. Stonehenge.
2: Yes.
7: Buddy, you're a rock in the Black Hills carved with dynamite and you're in a famous Hitchcock scene for guys on your face, you big disgrace. I guess South Dakota's not such a dull place. Eric. Uh, Mount Rushmore.
1: That is correct.
7: Buddy, you're a rock. A funny rock playing SNL, gonna be a big star someday. Hold a mic to your face, your big disgrace, doing your stand-up all over the place.
4: I think it was Eric. Uh, no, I got the double buzz. Yeah, Chuck. Chris Rock. Chris Rock is right. We have a tie. Hey. That means we go to the tiebreaker, and that's me. Here we go. Answer this question. Queen Elizabeth II has a very expensive set of rocks called the Crown Jewels. In what notorious British fortress are the Crown Jewels kept for safekeeping? Eric. Uh, Tower of London? Tower of London is correct.
1: All right. Just by a hair, Eric, you will be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. Thank you so much. You guys were fantastic.
0: Hey, Ophira, did you know the Queen wrote We Will Rock You as a tribute to their fans? Really? Yeah. One night, the crowd was singing along to every song so loudly, the band couldn't even hear its own instruments, which is actually kind of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but they were very inspired by the chanting, and they wanted to incorporate it into their songs.
1: Oh, sort of like a payback to the audience on a couple levels. Yeah, that's right. It's pretty cool, but you know, not all songs have these grand origins. Our next game is inspired by Def Leppard's hit, Pour Some Sugar On Me. Yeah, I always thought that was a metaphor for sex. No, it's actually very literal. Legend has it that the band's producer asked lead singer Joe Elliott if he wanted one lump of sugar in his tea or two, to which Joe replied, just pour some sugar on me.
0: You know, that is maybe the least rock and roll thing I've ever heard. I
1: know, but the tea was licorice tea, so it was dark.
0: Oh, that's that's pretty rock. That's yeah, cool. Well, let's hear the clip.
1: Paige Saint-Ange. You're a preschool teacher? I am, yeah. So what is the best way to talk to little kids?
3: Mostly to let them do the talking. Yeah. They say hilarious things. So, Can you give me example of said hilarious things? Well, we have one girl who thinks she can speak Icelandic in our class. <laughs> and she can't. <laughs> How, how did she come up with this uh, uh,
1: idea? No idea at okay. all.
3: You ask her to tell you a story or say something in Icelandic, and she says, oh, I have to research it first. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs>
3: and she yes. finally
1: came in and just kept saying, like, "kanaus" over and over again. That is adorable. All right. <laughs> and Jesse Castellanos... You have successfully completed ice cream exposure therapy.
5: During my crazy college years, I worked in an ice cream parlor, and the job was great, but it got quite stressful at times, and by the end of it, <laughs> I was so done with ice cream.
1: What are the terrible things that happened that at an ice cream shop that made it so stressful?
5: Oh, um like
1: we're out of mint? Like what happens?
5: Oh yeah, I mean like I don't know the, the place I worked at it was quite popular. There were regularly like lines around the block oh, in this small speed. suburban town. Yes, yeah, yeah, speed was important. Um also blood everywhere. Uh there, the blood gets everywhere all the time because there's um in the ice cream <laughs> I had no cylinders. Idea. Ice cream stories about to the, get the, really the, dark. The, the, the the rings that um are at the top of the containers, they they get loose all the time and they're like very hazardous.
1: Oh, so everyone's ice cream has a little bit of blood in it.
5: Maybe. Yeah, tra- sounds little, little like A little trade secret I'm letting you oh know. Oh, my God.
1: Now I'm going to need post-ice cream talk th- exposure therapy. <laughs> this game is inspired by Def Leppard, particularly the song Pour Some Sugar On Me. <laughs> so in this game, you are going to pretend to be various inanimate objects. Okay? Your motivation is you want something poured on you. <laughs> Jonathan Colton, would you like to give us an example?
0: I would love to give an example. It sounds like a complicated game. This will help to explain it. If I said, hey, bland food, should I spice you up by grabbing that shaker filled with black granules next to the salt? You would sing, pour some pepper on me.
1: So yes, you must sing your answer if you want the point. Buzz in when you know the answer, and the winner will move on to our final round at the end of the show. Here we go. Hey, pastrami on rye, do you want me to spice you up with this yellow or brown condiment made by French's?
5: Jesse. Pour some mustard on me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Kind of sexy. Yeah. A little bit of a sexy thing there, Jesse. Very
0: sultry. Hey, tomato juice, I'm making a Bloody Mary. Should I mix in some clear alcohol made from fermented grains or potatoes? Jesse.
5: Pour some vodka on me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
5: that's all you of can our inner mouth. ask like monologue.
1: that. Yeah. Hey, tongue. Should I kill some of your smelly germs with this minty breath freshening liquid? Paige. Pour some mouthwash on me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to start more sentences. Hey, tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, eggnog. Want me to top you
0: with the spice made from the seeds of an evergreen tree native to Indonesia? Paige.
3: Pour some cinnamon on me. No, I'm sorry.
0: It's not cinnamon. Jesse, do you know the answer?
5: Pour some minty fresh...
0: (laughs) 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 Let me stop you right there. No, that's
1: incorrect. Does anybody know the answer?
0: (laughs) Nutmeg. Nutmeg is what we were looking for. That's fine.
1: Hey, upset stomach. Want me to soothe you with this thick pink name brand liquid? Paige.
3: Pour some Pepto-Bismol on me. Yeah, (laughs) that's right.
1: All right, this is your last clue.
0: Hey, prepped driveway surface. Ready for some composite building material made from fluid cement? Jesse. Pour some asphalt on me. No, I'm sorry. It is not asphalt. Do you know the answer, Paige?
3: Pour some concrete on me.
1: Yeah, you got it. (laughs) Let's go to our puzzle guru, Art Chung. Art, how did our contestants do? They
2: both did great. Congratulations to Paige. You're moving on to the final round at the end of the show.
1: We've talked a lot about the trio sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but let's be honest, I don't have time for any of those things anymore.
0: Yeah, me either. You know what my hedonistic trio would be? What? A firm handshake, a bowl of ramen, and a nap.
1: Oh, that's perfect. That's good. A perfect, <laughs> a good. perfect uh, chronology. Uh, I've actually got it down to two. It's just uh, vodka on the rocks and replying to email.
0: Oh, yeah. That <laughs> keeps it nice and easy. Mm, Friday night. Yeah. Fittingly, our final round today is called Ménage à Trois because this is a compilation episode. The contestants you're about to hear are not the ones who have played all previous games. Alert. Do not panic. Take a listen.
1: Now it's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Nathan Neymar, who has his own theme song that sounds suspiciously similar to the Flintstones theme song. And Janet Wong, who does the same thing every morning and always puts her right pant leg on first.
2: (laughs) Puzzle Archung, take it away. Thanks, Sophia. Janet and Nathan, your final round is called Ménage à Trois. Each question is about a group of three members. I'll name each individual member, and you tell me their collective name. So for example, if I said Larry, Mo, and Curly, you'd say the Three Stooges. We're going to play this round like a penalty shootout. You'll each get the same number of questions. The contestant who scores the most points will be our big winner. Here we go. Janet, Kelly Rowland, Michelle Williams, and Beyonce Knowles.
3: Destiny's Child.
2: That is correct. Nathan, International Man of Mystery, The Spy Who Shagged Me, Goldmember. Austin Powers movie? That's the Austin Powers trilogy. Janet, Diary, The Edge of Reason, Baby. Baby.
3: Uh, Bridget Jones
2: movies. That is correct. Nathan, from an Alexandra Dumas novel, Porthos, Athos, and Aramis. Mm, three seconds. Any guesses? Those were the Three Musketeers. Janet, from a McGee movie, agents played by Lucy Liu, Drew Barrymore, and Cameron Diaz. Charlie's Angels. That is correct. Nathan, Blossom, Bubbles, Buttercup. Powerpuff Girls. Those are Powerpuff Girls, correct. (laughs) Now we know your (laughs) wheelhouse. Janet. Daryl McDaniels, Jam Master J, Reverend Run. Run DMC? That is right. Nathan. Jose Carreras, Placido Domingo, Luciano Pavarotti. Three seconds. The three opera singers? (laughs) (laughs) technically correct, but we were looking for the three tenors specifically. All right, we're at the halfway point. Janet is in the lead, four to two. Janet, you may not injure a human. You must obey orders unless this violates the first law. You must protect yourself unless this violates the first or second law.
3: I do not know, so I'm going to guess the rules for the Hunger Games.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Also, a good guess. No, we're looking for the rules of robotics by Isaac Asimov from iRobot. Nathan, in the Olympics, a 1,500-meter swim, a 40-kilometer bike ride, and a 10-kilometer run. Triathlon. Those are triathlon events, correct. Janet, in religion, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva.
3: They're Hindu gods.
2: We're looking for a specific term.
3: Do you want all three of their names? I, Shiva's the destroyer, Vishnu's the creator, <laughs> and um, do you say Brahma?
2: Um... I'm sorry, we're looking for the Hindu trinity. They're specifically, you're correct, they are the gods of birth, life, and death. Nathan, you need to get this right to stay in the game. In your own body, the duodenum, the jejunum, and the ilium. The three essential body parts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, those are all parts of your small intestine, which means, Janet, congratulations, you're our winner.
1: That's our show, thanks so much for listening. Ask Me and Others, house musician is Jonathan Colton.
3: Hey, his name anagrams to Vajol to Canon.
1: Today's puzzles were written by Juan Escalante, Matt Foster, David Letzler, and senior writers Kyle Beakley and Karen Lurie. Our senior supervising producer is Art Chung. Nark Thug. Ask Me and Others produced by Mike Katzoff. Meetika Fez. Travis Larchuk. Sick Hurt Lava. Julia Melfi. I'm Jill Fuel. Denny Shin. Ends His Inns. Ramel Wood. Redwood Mom. And our intern, Toya Singh. Satney Hogg. Along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker. We'd like to thank our production partner, WNYC. CYNW. I'm Heright Begonias. Ofira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, if you've listened this far, why not go the extra mile and leave us a review. On Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, Your comments provide valuable feedback for us, and it helps other people find us too. So for information on new episodes, upcoming live shows, and extra games, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And who knows, maybe you could win a Rubik's Cube. Thanks! I'm Linda Holmes. And I'm
4: Stephen Thompson. There's more stuff to watch and read these days than any one person can get to. That's why we make Pop Culture Happy Hour.
1: Twice a week, we sort through the nonsense, share reactions, and give you the lowdown on what's worth your precious time and what's not. Find Pop Culture Happy Hour on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts. Next time on Ask Me Another, we talk to comedian Judy Gold about her life in comedy, her podcast, Kill Me Now, and we quiz her on some of her favorite 70s sitcoms. All in the Family. Yeah, that that's is
3: correct. right, baby!
1: <laughs> Boy, the
3: way that Maila played.
1: <laughs> so join me, Yolfira Eisenberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.
2: On this week's Wild Card, we talk with Issa Ray about those moments where our lives could have gone another direction. Definitely wasn't supposed to be with that guy at all,
1: at all, but I still think about it. I'm Rachel Martin. Issa Ray tells us how to make peace with the path not taken. That's on the Wild Card podcast from NPR, the game where cards control the conversation. Listen to Embedded for moments that stay with you. I could smell the smoke, I could smell the dust. Voices that resonate. <laughs> stories that change the way you think about your life. How how did we get here? The Embedded Podcast is NPR's home for original documentary series. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The Bullseye Podcast
4: is, according to one journalist, the quote, kind of show people listen to in a more perfect world. So make your world more perfect. Every week, Bullseye puts the pop in culture, interviewing brilliant authors, musicians, actors, and novelists to keep you on your pop culture target. Listen to the Bullseye podcast, only from NPR and Maximum Fun.